and welcome to Amasek and Archaeotech, narrative gaming. In the age of darkness. In the age of darkness. Thanks, Chad. That's right, mate. Got you back. Thank you, thank you. It's been a long day. It's been a long day. It's been a little while since we've recorded. So first things first, we'll be going through some hobby progress. Then we'll be talking, and uh, spoilers, there's not a lot. (laughs) Uh, Then we'll be talking about what we've uh, been getting up to in in the realm of ZM or Zomortalis. We're looking at our game. Um, that we recently played in the new rules versus the last episode's old rules. We'll also be talking about, won't we? Well, uh, yes. Yes, yes, we, we will. will. We'll, we'll talk about ZM. And we'll also talk about the narr- how you can use narrat- it narratively in your games. Yes, that's right. We're going to uh, put some ideas in the big bowl of soup and see what brews from that. Yeah, you heard it for brewing soup. Uh, <laughs> brewing soup, that's sweet. It's one hell of a soup method. <laughs> but my God, is it effective. My God, does it get results. Uh, excellent. Okay, well, let's roll this first off uh, by looking at what we've hobbied this week. Okay, I'll go Weeks first because I'm really quick. Um, Naffle. <laughs> I've been so busy with other things. I think I managed to paint a metallic layer on one of my last cannon squads. Five man last kind of scores that I've been doing, and that's it from me. Nice from my end, it's been uh, continuing to build some headhunters um, that are up on the shelf, and I have also brought another rhino, so just been clipping that to pieces. So you're up to two rhinos now, three rhinos, three now. rhinos, and a scorpius, and a scorpius, yes, uh, in different parts. Of assembly. Okay. Oh, I can see you've got that putty stuff. How have you been getting on with that? I haven't used it yet. Oh, okay. Um, haven't actually needed to. Oh. Because it's come together quite right because I've been using the old sprue glue. Yeah. So i uh, just oh, been fair. putting that together. I quite enjoyed it. It's the AK Interactive mm-hmm. putty. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, the white stuff. Well, there's man, white or grey, whatever. Yeah, yeah, there's there. different colours. But now I had to use it on my Sakaran as a bit of a gap filler. Yeah, I've gotten all right with it. Nice. Old brush. And getting it in the gaps and then making sure you keep it wet in between applying. Otherwise it dries pretty quickly and then will completely ruin your brush. But yeah, I got an okay with that. Yeah, we found that through uh, the Cult of Paint. Uh, yes, that tutorial. For like they were assembling their Sisters of Battle. Mm. Uh, Sisters of Battle tank, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was it. So yeah, I uh, learned a few bits and pieces. Really useful video. Um, we'll, we'll throw a link to it at the bottom of these old show notes. Uh, but yeah, it was, uh, like, you know, Rhino is quite fun to put together. Uh, well, with the Scorpius, I should say, and the Rhino chassis, they're all the same. There's no difference to them other than the little plate on the top. Yes, which I have a Predator, and that's already included. That plate is already part of the top part. Oh, wow, is that where yeah, the turret yeah. must go then? Mm. Good to know. Yes. So, yeah, so that's the difference there. So it's not quite... You get a rhino, whatever you buy with that. But that's the support one as well. I assume the the normal predator will be the same as well. I would it? imagine, right? It's, yeah, it's the same kind of the base to it. Um, I've also been creating some boxes to house my minis. Uh, oh, yeah, your transport cases. Transport cases, yeah, using the old Duncan Rhodes box method. Uh, there are probably thousands of videos doing exactly the same thing, and I'm sure it's been a tried and tested way of transporting your minis for many people for many years. Tupperware. Um, Tupperware, yes. A Tupperware of sorts. 
and Tupperware and fun with magnets and fun with magnets so iron helps us play <laughs> so it's been very very useful uh, and it seems to work it, it, it's a much more uh, better system than what I had before well not much more better but a different system I mean it looks nice yeah because you can see the models inside you can see them which is nice yeah you know, I get to look at them and not have to just so wear they're on parade on parade at all times just showing you uh, what they're up to which yeah. is completely not what the Alpha Legion should be doing no but yeah so it's been pretty slim in, in the old hobby department but uh, it just means there's much more room for us to do next week Chad yes that's true because Throne of Skulls is getting ever closer yep that's correct the Scone of Thrones as I uh, referred to it earlier a delicious uh, Scone of Thrones <laughs> What is it? Uh, yeah, so we, we, we've got that coming up, which is hurtling towards an alarming pace. Um, the continual theme of I have so much to do and so little time to do it. So, yeah, that's going to be fun as you, you'll hear um, me stressing out in the next episode. Because yeah. the next time we record will probably be the week before the event. So Yeah, I think we've got another one, right? I can't remember. Okay. We went through this. We're so we're so organised. Yeah, dear listeners. No, uh, I think we've got two more before Throne of Skulls. Uh, yes, we do. We'll figure that out. Okay. Well, when yeah, when it comes to it, we may or may not have two more episodes. Yes, yes, indeed. Uh, cool. Well, in that case, small hobby, but big ZM. Yes, we got the book on release. Although mine took nearly a week I ordered it on the Saturday Mm -hmm. on the pre-order but not till the afternoon so I don't know if that makes a difference when you order it in the day but it was Saturday afternoon when it was released for pre-order and then it didn't come till the next Thursday that was quite a way yeah and that was direct from G-Dubs so and there was a bank holiday on the Monday so okay a slight delay yeah I went for the digital version Yes, you did. So you had access to it. Straight away. And you sent me some screenshots. So I got to have a look at a few things. And I read all the rules first and you started with the law. Yes. And I still haven't exactly covered all the rules. So it's going to be a very much a Ched-led podcast this one in terms of the rules. I'll do my best. I have the book next to me and you've got your EPUB. So yeah, we're going to go through what we looked at as quick as we can in order to play a game on the day no you had it for a few days right and then we looked at it yeah. i looked at it right. yeah and we went straight in for sector control which was just the first mission in the zone mortalis section of the book mm-hmm. and i'd read through everything and i got stuck on a few of the rules so yes, from the screenshots you had sent me, I couldn't, I wasn't flipping back far enough properly. So I was like, they've missed out their own special rules or secondaries from this mission, um, but got there in the end. And yeah, quite interesting. Counter Strike, Champions of Renown, a blood toll. Counter Strike is that the player without strategic advantage gains a victory point if the first unit of any kind to be completely destroyed belongs to the player with strategic advantage. And what is strategic advantage, you say? What is strategic advantage, Chad? So, strategic advantage is players roll off and the winner has first choice of a battlefield edge 
and then that also leads them to choose who is the attacker defender. Yep. Yeah, they, they you choose your battlefield edge and then the one directly opposite, which was clarified from the, um, white, the dwarf. white dwarf, which was just squares. And yeah, so that determines where they are on the map. So the next one is Champions of Renown, which is for each enemy model with a character unit subtype. So that includes sergeants, right? Yep. Both uh, carries. Yep. And if they're removed as a casualty whilst fighting in a challenge, then the uh, the controlling player scores a victory point. So that was that came in pretty handy for me. Uh, Blood Toll, which is for each unit in an army selected as either HQ or Elite choice that is removed as a casualty, the opposing player scores a victory point. So if you're taking Elite units, you're going to want to sort of protect them a bit because if they're lost, then that's a victory point to your opponent. Yeah, and you know, those elite units all have sergeants, so it could be two. Yeah, exactly. Which is quite a blow. Quite a blow. Um, so yeah, in, interesting secondaries going forward, um, which has been cool to see. Secondary, sorry, sector control. Um, it was the first mission that we decided to play. Quite simple in terms of its setup, really. But um, was good fun. Good to see sort of how things have moved along a bit. What was probably the most interesting is the new are they what's the deployment points called? The points you get that you have to spend. To oh, so the re reinforcement points. Yeah, so this yes. is a completely new system compared to the old. Yeah, a new system compared what to what was detailed in the White Dwarf. Both players start with six reinforcement points to place units in their own deployment zones. Any reinforcement points not used to place units in a place deployment zone during deployment are retained. Both players gain two reinforcement points at the end of each game turn in addition to any game through mission special rules. So with these six reinforcement points, you have to place your army. Now we went for 500 points? Was 500 right? points, yes. Well, close enough. It's like 480 something. Yeah. Oh yeah, maybe 485 apiece. But with that, where does it say? Troops are one point to place. Fast attack is two points, heavy support three, elite two, HQ four, and if you are playing enough points to have a Primarch, then that's eight points. Ooh, juicy. So there are ways of spending your points and getting into a pickle and not being able to deploy certain things. So you have got to think about it. And yeah, troops choices will be your friends in this game because they're so cheap to basically buy buy into place yeah and with different missions um actually i don't know if it's with all missions but this particular mission it actually costs you different points to place them where i mean different places so like the the map oh, is yes. separated um and this particular mission if you wanted to play it in your controlling player's edge, it costs you nothing. So that's like your standard deployment zone. Yeah, you so can... the, the board edge you've chosen is part of having strategic advantage. So that's your, whatever he's chosen, or your opponent, sorry. Then, and the opposite one, their defenders, the attacker and defender battlefield those basically. Um, whatever is free, there's no extra points cost for that. The flanking edge is plus a reinforcement point. So if you're placing a troop choice that costs one, you want to come in at the edge, then all you have to do is spend an extra reinforcement point at that at that stage. So you're 
playing two points and you can come in at the side so you can do a flanking maneuver sort of with little extra without using a right of war or anything like that and then you can be real cheeky and if you have the points uh, Mr Alpha Legion player here has tried and tested spends three points to deploy a, a troop choice totaling four and you can come in on your opponent's battlefield edge yes indeed and that is exactly what i did so we'll do a quick summary those are sort of some the some of the new changes that will come along another thing that's come along is doors but we won't really talk about too much on that because we can talk about it as we actually play yes um what's gone on but essentially we had around 486 points each i had two tactical squads all done up to the nines with uh, a sergeant with a plasma pistol and a power fist oh yes because that is what i've got them as modeled as um all with uh, cha- uh chainsaws as well because it's real close two How squads close? Are, real close two squads of those an apothecary and my and a champion as well as i had because uh, again what i'm modeling is someone that looks more sort of champion-esque and you, Chad, you had... I also had a champion as my HQ, and then I used a tactical squad, and I used the new inductee rules for a Salamander's Despoiler squad, which was quite interesting. So, the thing about them is, as I'd already kind of painted one up from being inspired by the Lieber Centura and their special rules, I went for a Despoiler squad... So not as modelled, but that's what the the template's for. And I, I like this, actually, because law-wise it fits in really great. But um, the sergeant is a veteran sergeant, or counts as, so he gets to increase his weapon skill to 5+, plus, which I'm pretty sure came in handy. Yep. Um, they gain, of course, the inductive subtype, which I'll talk about in a sec, but they all have essentially um, mastercrafted weapons. Any any rolls of one with their melee weapons can be re-rolled as, a, as the, the hit roll. So it can re-roll all hits of one, which is very handy, especially when chainsaws have shred as well. Um, and for every five models, for every 10, sorry, for every 10 models in the unit, they can take a Dragon's Breath Flamer for 5 points or a Melter Gun for 15. Um, I just took a Flamer. I didn't really get to... No, I used it once, I think. You did use it once, yep. Um, but I don't think... I think you made all your saves, so... I'm still... It was it was pretty gnarly, though, because it went from Strength 5, which is your standard Flamer because of your Sallies, right? So the standard Flamer is Strength 4. Yeah, so Dragon's Breath goes from Strength 4 to 5, increases yep. the Strength of a Flamer, and then, because you're in ZM, all template weapons get plus one to strength anyway. So yeah, it was strength six. Which is quite the flamer coming at you. Yeah, it was pretty cool. But you did, um, I'm pretty sure you made your saves in the end. I think I did, yeah. Because there's no, there's low AP on flamers. Oh uh, yeah, if, if none at all. I think they'd be pretty nasty against the militia. But uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, for normal space marines. The militia you keep talking about making. You don't even, I mean, don't derail me here, because I was looking, Victrex have... Uh, uh, 20% sale on Neop- Napoleonic uh, miniatures right now and there's some French looking uh, oh, Imperial Guard that look very tempting 60 models 20 odd quid wow um, but yes one colour I, I, I yeah exactly and a dip mm-hmm. I digress 
So anyway, we yeah. Um, so that was your inductee squad. Oh yes, let me talk about the subtype though, because I did make a hiccup that thinking that oh they're a they're a troops choice. That means they have line. Ah ah ah. They um they count as a support squad. So inductee don't have line. Um, they have. They can't be joined by any models, so no apothecaries can be assigned to them, etc. And it means your leaders can't either. You're only characters. Yes. Independent characters. They can't exchange their power armor for artificer armor, and yeah, they have the support squad special rules. So I'd forgotten this, but was quite excited to use them. So I only had one unit of line compared to your two. That is correct. Um, so in the first round, I thought I had an objective, and I didn't, alas. But there we go. That was uh, learning is fun. Learning is fun, but uh, obviously that's kind of how the uh, how how the Alpha Legion wanted it to be. Yes. Uh, so I got the first turn. Chad tried to seize initiative. Oops. No, I didn't. No, you didn't, because in this game mode, it's not called cool seize initiative. It's called first strike. And first strike is basically seize the initiative, um, but you can use your reinforcement points mm -hmm. any left over to increase your roll. You can. Let's read it exactly. So first strike is after both players have deployed their army, but before the start of the first turn, the player without strategic advantage may attempt a first strike. They may declare they will expend any numbers of their starting total of reinforcement points not spent placing units in the deployment zone during deployment and roll a dice if the result shown on the dice plus the amount of reinforcement points declared is seven plus the first strike is successful and they go first instead and a roll of one is always failed so that's quite interesting if you've got some left you're happy with where you're deployed you can be like oh, i really want this first turn but yes um so you can add any spare points but you do retain them if you don't use them so you might want to sit on them for your deployments, for your flanking, or your coming around the back, which is later in the turn, not instantly. Yeah. You can't just off the bat deploy in no. your attacker's battlefield edge. No, I think that's in turn two, start of turn two, you can deploy. Yeah, yeah. Um, from that point on. Which makes sense, otherwise you'd be like, you'd be deploying everywhere and it would be madness. Yeah. Madness. Have I, have I read Blood Toll yet? So, well, let's, let's get into it then. So we, we quickly went through the rules. I thought, yeah, okay, that'll do. Let's just get stuck in, as we like to do. So, what was the main objective? Ah. Objectives. Objective markers. So there were six objective markers that we placed around the battlefield. We built up our... Boarding actions. Boarding actions terrain into any old shape, really. That sometimes takes more time than... I think in this case it actually did... Uh, because the way it's put together, although quite ingenious, if you haven't sort of filed down... The yeah, I need to do some more filing on the, the connections with my, like, rotary tool. But... Um, it's very cool. It is very it's cool. cool. It's just a little bit stiff, which sometimes you want it to be, I guess, if you're doing certain types of... Yeah. Uh, maybe a more permanent setup. Yeah. But, um, no, to, we just sort of pick it all out of the box and then assemble it at will but and top tip if you're disassembling it turn it upside down oh yeah it's actually easier yeah don't the don't, little caps on the the connections yep don't ask me how but it's warp warp magic warp, warp action warp trickery warp trickery yeah but it is 
Um, so yeah, the I will put a picture up actually of our deployment. It's a, a bit of a dull wooden board as the base, but we um, I'll I'll post that out. Yes, yes. So we have to look for reference. Uh, that'd be cool. Uh, yeah, so the standard deployment, twelve inches either side, um, straight on uh, at each other essentially. Yeah, four foot by four foot board with objectives placed um, around pretty standard standard rules certain distance um, they can't they can be pay, placed uh, from each other and so far away from the board edge more than 12 inches and more than six inches from a board edge and we take it in turns to place it yeah um, standard sort of thing standard kind of thing so yeah but already an improvement I think over the original the original four original was four. Um, but you got to place them sort of alternatively. Yes. Uh, but you always started with one in your deployment zone anyway. You usually your the, the defender. The defender did, yes. Yes. The attacker did not. No. Which made things tricky, we found. Yeah. So that's nice that there's kind of an advantage. And you don't have to sit on them. Because once you've gained a point for that, you can move on to another one. And you don't lose, lose anything it. by moving on. Um, you don't continue to gain a point. No, no. No, no. But yeah. Um, you have to be within your three inches of it or six inches. In contact. Oh, yes, that's it. So you have to be in base-to-base contact with the objective marker to control it. And for denying it, another unit has to be within three inches of the objective marker. Yes. Um, which is slightly different to the yes. normal rules as we understand it, which is just within three inches. For yeah, from inches. how we played previously, yeah, it was a bit different. Yeah. But that that came into play later so first turn we deployed and and yeah i thought i was on two markers by the end of first turn because yeah. you you stayed on your objective that you had right yes and i had strategic advantage yes you went first i didn't first strike you you were on an objective i came in moved on to two with both my squads because i didn't deploy my HQ first. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. Um, you, in fact, you kept him way away, yeah. um, which I found confusing because because Cheddar put in two squads essentially. Yeah. But that you've was, done one squad with your leader. One squad with my leader and my apothecary. Mm. So sort of the. Now apothecaries, when they join the squad, they don't cost the points of an elite choice to deploy, do they? No, they cost the points of the squad. Yes, which, uh, is, which nice... is quite handy for an apothecary, but I think that's only an apothecary. I think so. I think that's one of the only things. Uh, there might have been one other one, maybe like a tech marine. Tech marine. Um, but I don't, again, it would be a very specific selection of choice, you know, yeah. uh, units they can they But can if join. your leader had joined the squad, you're still pay, paying the five points because it's four for HQ, one for a troop yeah. to deploy that unit. So it can be quite expensive. Yeah, which is what you did. What I did to get them on the board mm. at the very uh, back of my deployment zone and on an objective, yeah. you placed your inductee. Two troops, yeah. The inductee and my tactical squad. So then they moved forward to get objectives and then I realised I couldn't get the objective with the inductee. So I was like, damn it. And then, then it was your turn two and then you moved towards another objective. I did, yes. I moved um, towards the second objective, which was a bit further along. Um, couldn't quite get there because of doors. Ah, yes, doors. And the fear of... Um, well, they all closed. They all yes. start closed. So you have to get there, open it, and you can only open it in your movement phase. 
If you run and end up at a door, you can't open it. An accessible piece of door terrain may be activated once per turn during the movement phase by a model controlled by the active player that moves into base contact with the piece of door terrain during a normal movement. There you go. The active player may choose to change the state of the piece of door terrain. A model that has run during the movement phase or is using a piece of war gear that allows them to set their movement characteristic may not change the state of any piece of door terrain. Perfect. Well, that's clarity, really. That's a good old clarity. Yeah, sweet, sweet clarity. So, yeah, it's... You moved so... God, where were we now? You'd moved. You'd run, but you couldn't reach it. Is that right? Yeah, I'd run. It was either I was running and I couldn't couldn't reach it, or or you I couldn't open the door. Couldn't open a door, right. so I couldn't run. Anyway, and I had placed myself basically in a small chamber, which means I could have opened the door, made my way through, um, but then I didn't have enough distance and could have run, mm. but I didn't have enough distance to then open the next door. Yes. So I lost a point there. Okay. Yeah. Whilst you still held on to yours. Yeah, I got my squad into a place behind a barricade and, yeah, left them there for that. And then turn two. That was turn two. That was turn two. So moving on to turn three, you moved your inductee down. Yes, I started to move them into the centre of the board to head towards your guys as you were sort of snaking your way into the centre yourself. But that left space open so that in turn four I think it would have been turn four or maybe even been turn three yeah so turn three you moved to get to a marker that's it you got to the next marker yes and then scored for that I moved my inductee away because they weren't scoring anyway so they went into the centre of the board but that opened up um, basically my board edge yep for you to deploy in turn five. No, it was it was earlier than this. Uh, turn four, yeah. Right. To the point of turn four, they essentially managed to. Yeah. So the first three turns were fairly quiet because we were just manoeuvring, trying to get along through this. Yeah. this it was snaking. quite dense our board, as you'll see, but um, snaking. So I managed yeah. to uh, spend my points to uh, deploy in your deployment zone yeah you get two at the end of every turn anyway and because we only had three units between us the hq and two troop choices um, we had plenty of spare reinforcement yeah. points it's pretty cheap stuff what you can also do with these deployment uh reinforcement points sorry is each turn you can try and roll the control of the doors that's it system override once per movement phase before any models are moved the active player may choose to expend one reinforcement point to attempt a system override. To do so, roll a dice and add one oh, only to the result if you have a Cortex controller, which I'm not sure what that is, so I think that's Mechanicum. Sounds mechanicum to me. It sounds Mechanicum to me. Um, so, yeah, so you just roll a dice. I wish that was slightly worded differently because you think it's plus one before it explains why. But then if the result is plus three, then three plus, all pieces of door terrain on the board are now controlled by that player and uh, you can change the state of them um, not all you can choose yeah any pieces that aren't destroyed so he doesn't doesn't uh, change no you them. can pick and choose you can pick a, um, a certain one that makes sense you don't yeah. want to shut your doors but you want to shut the other and the ones. fun thing about doors is that there is now a rule called crushed 
which is if any model is on a piece of door train when it is changed from the open state to the closed state, or if this results in one or more models from any unit no longer in unit coherency, which I believe a closed door facilitates, yes, that your unit becomes yeah because you've got no incoherent. incoherent um, then the model that is affected will suffer a strength eight AP zero wound with no armor saves, invulnerable saves, or any damage mitigation rolls allowed, and, and then the door is destroyed afterwards. So we know that if you're physically, the model is physically within the door and that's changed, that's easy, that's that model. We have a slight query over if no model is on the door terrain, but they're split, you know, if you've got a 10-man squad, five at one side, five at the other, and you change the state of the door, is that then causing that wound on that squad? I think so, from what you've just read there, because if they're at nine-unit coherency, then they suffer yes the hit and the door is destroyed yeah okay it's sort of a rule i think to prevent basically that happening so when it does happen you're going to cause you're going to destroy the door yes and by destroying the door you'll take a hit yeah okay um if it's a really strong door this might be a good way of destroying a door it's just losing a marine to do it if you need to get through somewhere real quick yeah. just throw a guy in there um <laughs> yeah but we'll, we'll see we'll see Tim, go on mate go on <laughs> what's that what's that guys yeah, exactly. Just put your hand in there. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. All you got Just to set do. it off. Yeah. Just put it in that box. You got another one. <laughs> it'll heal. It'll heal. We'll get you. Uh, we'll get you augmented. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. You'll yeah. be fine. Yeah. So, did we? Did either of us do that? You tried. Did I, try to? I think. I um, think. Oh, I think I tried and failed. Right. Yeah. Because in the boarding actions terrain, the doors swing outwards, so we were being very careful to place our guys around the arc of the door unless the other take control slam it shut and uh, yeah which actually means as you should read that it doesn't really matter about the physicality of the door it's just basically if you're either on the door edge like if you're in a really thick door and you're in the middle of it yeah if they're like sliding right yeah. sliding horizontally or maybe there's one sliding down vertically yeah, exactly but ours were more like on a hinge yeah so we were very much which again was such an interesting well it kind of had a little edge to it because yeah. it's like don't want to get too but close you always got to sort of skate around it which is quite interesting yeah um, there's more fear in the door than there were in the enemy yeah uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah there was um so yeah so uh I, I advanced obviously had issues with the doors Chev was making his way to the middle at the same time I, I dropped my squad in by spending my reinforcement points behind yeah you came in on my board edge and got into the room the inductee had just left but you were sort of stuck in there because then there was an objective in there so there was an objective so you, you scored for that but then I was like well what happens now because your guys were still far away and that squad was closer to me so I headed backwards and I got my other squad through a door and kind of at an angle where I could see you to shoot. So there was some, and then you displaced, so there was some hiding around, there's lots of uh, finickety hiding around walls and stuff like this. Yes, a, um, lot, of, a lot of that. And on those, on the um, reactions specifically for Zone Mortalis, one thing that has changed is that the displace, uh, which, actually, no, sorry, the suppress, which is the, reaction you get to do when someone moves within 12 inches of you now has pinning 
and is snapshots yeah. and always was snapshots but we have played we sometimes got confused with that yes with the, the, the traditional rules and played it with full ballistic skill yeah which is brutal yes yeah really is zone brutalis yeah <laughs> it's a more hardcore version yeah, yeah. hardcore no snapshots no snapshot yeah ultraviolet mode yeah um, plus and, five to template work <laughs> and then the other thing is um, brace also clarifies that you don't leave the board yes which is nice because there was definitely a time where I think I used it and ran off the board. You could have run off the board, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so you got s- sort of trapped in there because my inductee came back and my leader champion, although he couldn't join the squad, was with uh, that squad because he'd come in. So I sent him around the back in the way that you'd entered. Yes. And then my inductee squad back the way they came. So my 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 squad was basically surrounded on three sides. Yes. The Hydra's heads had turned. Yeah, I have a picture of this, which I will add to the post. Uh, but yeah, you were trapped in there. And then there was some shooting. I think you managed to save a load of bolters, but then some bolt pistols went off. And then I think I got one. You got one of me, yeah. So you, you started to whittle me down a little. I was firing back. I almost uh, charged your inductee. I decided against it just because the way it was, I'd only get a few men out. Right, yes, because it was through a door. And so I'd only be fighting like three or four guys versus the whole squad would would fight back and I'd then move away from the objective, which I was trying to... because you have to be in base with the base contact with the objective to score, but that allows my champion to go around the back and then charge in and challenge your sergeant and character. Um, So then... I charged you with that, and because he had a Paragon Blade, mm-hmm. I and you had your Power Fist. I did. I managed to score Champions of Renown because I killed him in that challenge. So that gave me a victory point on top of the others I've been scoring for objective markers. But you still held the objective for a round of fighting. I did. And that was the end of turn four, right? So when it was turn five, it was just fighting back. Yeah, fighting back. It was only also in turn five where you essentially had whittled them down so much that I, uh, you, your second squad, I think, came in for No, your inductor came in for the, the charge. Indu- yeah, the inductor didn't charge. It was just the champion. That was it. So they'd come in the room but hadn't charged. There was a gap of like maybe three inches, three, yeah. four inches. So then my champion caused you guys to have a morale check which you then failed then you had to fall back oh, it wasn't a morale check it was the brace this is where it, it was the it was reaction so your champion was there he prevented me from scoring because he was within three inches of the objective because he came from the back yep. then your inductees slowly made their way into the room mm. with one inch of me charged me I did a brace reaction yeah. Which is the reaction where you, if you oh, fail, if you, if you fail, you get to fall back. You get to fall back one d six, which you did. Which you did. I failed the morale check, but because of how it was, I had nowhere to run to within the d six yeah. to fulfil all four. All there was a door off to the side, wasn't there? But it was closed. It was closed. So as our reading understanding of it, this isn't my movement phase. No, it wasn't a normal it. move in the movement phase. Yeah, I can't open the door. I had a sergeant. Uh, your champion behind me mm. through the other doorway and then each other side was two squads coming in so I would be in in um, engagement range yes. if I moved the full six inches. Yeah, so it looks like according to the normal rules 
your squad would have been wiped because it had nowhere to run. No. But we had the discrepancy of the brace reaction, meaning that because you stop within an inch of a board edge, you you regroup there, don't you? So for the sake of fairness, we just did it as you got to my men within an inch and regrouped there. But well, again, the, the bigger question, and that was just for the just to play and to see how it would go. Yeah. But the the question is, I guess, for us is because it says you automatically regroup any mm. like part of that reaction is you automatically regroup it's not you need to take a morale check as if you would do is if you failed the morale uh that initial uh you're running away you're not running away you're displacing it's a strategic mm. move would because if that isn't the case and then you you don't regroup so you can fail it then makes that reaction have a neg potential negative side to it because yes. you can be swept yeah. So if I hadn't done that reaction at all, I mean, not I swept, guess sorry, but that's yeah. quite a unique circumstance we found ourselves in, where yeah. you're you're doing the brace reaction, you're falling back, but you were falling back right towards my squad. Yes. So, yeah, we'll have to look at how that's clarified by GDubs. Maybe use the chat function. Yeah, might have to. I mean, because if it didn't have the you're instantly regrouping, mm. you, you could ultimately say we're we just going to keep running because they're yeah. not there. They've just run into your squad because they're blind panic. They didn't, yeah. didn't realise what was going on. But because of the movement, and I did roll a D6, so again, my bad for rolling too high a number than what I can move around with. Um, so yeah, just a little interesting one. Uh, but essentially, it didn't matter anyway because it didn't take long for you to basically finish them off at that point. No, I did charge in with the inductee and then score Blood Toll, which is the uh, the player without strategic advantage being able to destroy a unit of the player with strategic advantage first. Yes. Yes. Um, so that helped me score that. And then that was the end of turn four. So then we rolled to continue. Now, at turn four, you roll a dice, and on two plus, you play a fifth turn. Yep. So we played that fifth turn where I think that was the wipeout of the squad in, in turn five, right? Yes, it was the wipeout of the squad. So we did that, and then from turn five to continue the game to play a, a sixth and final turn, it's a two plus. Four plus. Four plus, sorry. Four plus, and we. Rolled high enough, didn't we? We did. So we looked at the state of the game and then kind of we math hammered it out, didn't we? We did. We did only because, and this is something that's quite interesting, is, I mean, the, the game could have ended two turns ago. Yeah. So you really need to get moving. And my squad still hadn't made contact with anybody. No. My, my HQ squad, for want of a better word, with my, my champion with and champion, my apothecary. Yeah. So all my points... Mm. the other half of my army the more um, capable half were still basically making their way through um, corridors trying to make their way to the middle objective to seize it and we looked at where you were and the distance you'd have to travel to come and get me yeah it was going to take a while because I'd gone backwards and you could have we worked out you could have gone backwards to score another objective my squad on the objective would have stayed there and scored that yeah so we would have both equaled it at that but then i took the lead by having the the secondary objectives yes so the only way i i couldn't have won essentially because even if we were even if i was to kill your hq mm. um there or one of your elite there was no elites to play with because yeah. none of us had elites it would have just been your hq um 
and you could have challenged my sergeant or anyone else. Yeah, that's and right. So I could have maybe scored another secondary by challenging your veteran sergeant and other things, but it would have been... It just wouldn't... Within one turn, it must be impossible. No, no, we weren't going to meet in the middle, really, unless we'd run, I think, but that wouldn't have allowed us to charge, I don't think. No, no. Um, it was Counter-Strike, sorry, not Blood Toll, is the other one I won. Blood Toll was HQ Elite. So, yeah, Counter-Strike... Um, so yeah, there was it was good. So overall, it was a Sally victory. Yes, um, which was nice. And then we looked at some of the campaign rules that are in the book, which are quite interesting. So on page two hundred two, we looked at the campaign conditions because we'll we'll keep this rolling um, and try out these campaign rules for ourselves. But when we play our next game we will look at the Zone Mortalis campaign conditions and roll a dice and see what happens there. So you've got... You both roll a dice. Uh, the victor of the mission adds plus one. And there's a table here, one to seven. One is reserves forward, which grants you plus one reinforcement points in the next game. Flank assault, which is the cost of you deploying on a flank edge is minus one so that would be it's two for a flank isn't it two for flank yeah. and then four up the opposing players deployment zone so that would reduce it back to one so that makes it a lot easier to come in at the side carry the fight which is when attempting a first strike you get a plus one to that roll firewall engaged this player may force their opponent to re-roll any successful system override attempts for controlling doors so that's quite interesting interesting also that it's a six that's quite high up on this table to uh so i i think when you have more units as we will find out controlling doors will be even more um, important because where we only had like two units each really in our leaders and a fair-sized board right yeah, we played the full four by four, so having more units going in between doors, and if you're not making that move and you're splitting your squad half and half either side of a door, for example, then and if you control that, close the door that's open, you're causing a wound on your on that enemy squad. So you can you know whittle them down almost a bit. Yeah, that's true, and also as as was uh, example in our game, you know if uh, it, it slows. If you've got mm -hmm. multiple doors to go through, it will slow a unit's progress a little. Yeah. They always start in a closed position, if I'm right. But, they do. Um, if you've opened it, and even if you feel like you need to change your mind and go back the way you came or another way for whatever reason, and you close that, that then slows you down. Um, and then the final one is on a 7+. plus. It is, so that's if you get a 6 and the plus 1 if you're a victor committed to victory. So this really goes all in and you have 10 reinforcement points at the start of your next game wow so that's you know you can deploy quite and you retain the ones at the start so well, if you think a primark is eight yeah exactly you can bring one in pretty much from the start and as you say on those larger games mm. those reinforcement points you, you literally cannot bring everyone i don't think you think no there's possible. definitely ways where you can trap yourself into not being able to deploy stuff especially if you've got more elite choices or whatever mm. or a heavy support squad at, at three points. Yeah, yeah, very interesting um, changes there. It, it's 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 a cool system. This uh, reinforcement point thing. It's a real change to the yeah. main system. It's an added layer of tactical thinking, which is quite refreshing in a way. 
Yeah. Um, and and you know, I mean, we only played one game, but it's not so taxing that you're. It's not like stratagems, for example. You know, no, where, no. Where you're like, oh, I need. You don't to have to remember this. a rule. You've just got to remember how many points you got. Yeah, which is easily just, done on a counter or something, or yeah, even just a little notepad to the side. Yeah, you can just burn it up, burn it away, burn it away as you go. Mm. Um, yeah. There's also really cool rules about subterranean tunnels. You know, environmental effects, Promethean tanks. That if you if you play with these, and you've got them and you're shooting, any missed shots can blow up things. And you've got the like cave-ins or uh, sinkholes. Really interesting stuff. I'm looking forward to incorporating as we go on. Yeah, so looking forward to getting your red paint out and just painting loads of red barrels. Yeah, classic <laughs> red barrels. <laughs> Uh, yeah so again like real really quite impressed with this book uh so far the law's yeah. been interesting very um the oh. ducty squads have been interesting yes the um yeah re- quite cool stuff yeah for for what you're able to i need to do. build as a spoiler squad now um i mean who doesn't yeah i don't know if it will be mark six or not i mean mark three is coming Oh, that's true. Or Mark Two, depending on who you are, who you talk to. Yeah. But uh, that will come I in it was winter. Mark Two, but then some comments have, you know, swayed me. I think maybe. Yeah. Well, I guess we'll see. Winter, winter twenty twenty three. If all Mark Five. Are. That's all I want is plastic Mark Five. I mean that. I think that's a few, a way off. Yeah. I'm hoping that's what the surpri- surprise army releases, but I doubt it. We will see. We will see. Um, yeah. One thing we haven't talked about. It to in terms and we of, never will no way <laughs> is the change in dreadnoughts ah oh, yes so in the white dwarf it said no more than seven yes yeah so contemptors have seven wounds no they have six so that stopped you taking leviathans which have seven wounds yes yes right but now in the book it says um any dreadnought automata monstrous unit still no armages mate um any of those uh, cannot be chosen if they have a wounds characteristic of eight or more which now opens the doors for leviathans it sure does it sure does um i have one i have magnetized the weapons so did my come with close combat arms I think it did. I think I bought... No, I bought a shooty one and then a shooty sprue. So he's double shooty. He might have one close combat weapon. I don't know. But I don't don't think so. Don't own one. You buy them differently, don't you? You do. I think he's all guns. At the moment, he has the auto cannon, storm cannons on him. So that's going to be quite punishing down a hallway. Oh, yeah, that would be hideous. I don't know. I still don't know whether or not it would be better just to have make him shooty. Because... Do you get brutal in any of those? Com- you, well, he has Hammer of Wrath 3. So on the charge, he's got like strength whatever he is. 7? Strength 7? Yeah, yeah, strength 7 hits. So that could be fairly devastating. No AP on those. That's just like a body check. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, interesting. I mean, an extra wound's always nice. He's mm. extra toughness as well. Yeah, yeah, he's tough. So he's just more difficult to take down. But in terms of his damage output, I don't know if a Contemptor can still do more if he was just fisting. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. Um, well, those siege claws, I think, are meant to be... Or oh, siege drills. Oh, two siege drills. And imagine... We have to do a bit with a big door because our boarding actions is all little doors, right? Yes. So we'll have to come up with something with a big door and then 
Because they won't be able to go through. No, I mean, they will be limited, yeah, yeah. sure. Might just get trapped in a bit. Help. <laughs> I'm in an iron cage of emotion. <laughs> Brothers. <laughs> Help me. Yeah. Help me. Help you. <laughs> <laughs> I can't get out of this sarcophagus, nor can I get out of this room. <laughs> <laughs> trapped as I am forever. <laughs> Alone, oil tear streaking down. Um, yeah, so it, it it's cool. Like it's interesting. It's much more brutal. Uh, yeah, Leviathans in this will be pretty heavy going. Also, interestingly, the point count has increased. Yeah, I've come across this as like a sort of an unwritten rule. Um, a few places have mentioned, but one dreadnought per a thousand points. And what is a Leviathan? Let's confirm. Two seventy. So he's probably like three twenty once he's kitted out. I yeah, think yeah, the one I run one. is is three twenty. That makes more sense because otherwise a knight is like five hundred. Your standard Christorus is about five hundred points. Yeah. So, but that's a big chunk for like three twenty. If it's that ballpark figure, is a big chunk of of the army. But the standard army size now is fifteen hundred, isn't it? It's no longer five hundred as a standard thing. Yeah, so they got rid of the sort of the table, didn't they, with board size versus point size, which would have been nice to see in here. But like, it still exists in the White Dwarf, so why not? Um, yeah. So you can go from four feet to six feet by six, you know, six foot by four feet all the way up and do up, do all the way up to three thousand points. Not that you yeah. couldn't before, but I think their recommended points value now is the start at fifteen hundred. Yeah, um, that's not where we're starting. And no, then, not yet. And um, yeah, but again, another thing to build up to, which is kind of how we like to use them and what we've spoken to before and why we like ZM and why we like the Curian is because yeah. you can start building small, and and you know, and help us learn rules. Exactly that, which is a, a a big bonus, even though we forget them and confuse them. Oh, very much so. As well. And it's good for the time limit we have of evenings, isn't it? Like I said, game smaller points is we can guarantee we can get through a game. Yeah, so we, yeah, exactly. And, and it was nice to actually complete a game relatively quickly. Yeah, yeah. Which was nice to do all six turns rather than like very much three so. turns in and it's been four hours. Yeah, yeah. We're getting better, mate. We're slowly improving. Mm-hmm. Thank God. <laughs> Praise the Omnissiah. <laughs> what it is, I'm getting more so intrigued about maybe running is some Castellan, some uh, some more robots, which are the little... Oh, yeah, they're, they're still resin, right? Yeah, I think. They look really cool, but they are resin, which is a bit... Um, not only for the old for wallet. Now. For the wallet. And Surprise for army release. Well, I hope it's going to be Dark Mechanicum, because then maybe there'll be some cool, weird stuff for that. I don't know. I don't know if they'll ever make the distinction. That's down to the modeler, right? Yeah, but in the Mechanicum book, it specifically says this is the time of before they separate. Yeah. Like, it, it's a weird distinction to spell out if it's not, like, specific. Well, why would you... Well, it's not called Mechanicum. Mm. There's, no need to, there's no need to differentiate. There is no differentiation. Or is there? Yeah. And could it be coming? And I was listening to... Um, what's it bloody called? The End and the Death on audiobook as I was sleeping the other day. And there was a bit where he's talking about all these crazy, like, spider-legged mm. machines and that. So they're just making any old stuff. Any kind of insanity. Um, they're going off-piste with their designs. They're being more um, R&D than the Mechanicum have been. Yeah, they're more R&D. STC than, what? They're more R&D than STC. Yeah. So there's all sorts of crazy conversions that can be made, which seems cool. Whether or not they'll release any, I don't know. I'm sceptical. Well, we guess what? We're only only time will tell. Indeed, only time will tell. Uh, 
Cool. Well, the thing we'll move on to now is we now we've talked about the New ZM rules, how much we've enjoyed them, how do we use them in a narrative setting? We've talked a little bit about the campaign rules and how that's going to come along, but again, they're more structures. Yes. Um, for us, it's been more about you know setting those scenes. And although this this first game was just a first learn the new rules, see, see yeah, how just to play the excitement of playing, yeah. Um, we've you know you we, for us I think we were saying it's a it's a spaceship. Um, yes. Yeah, I mean that's the the boarding actions is, the, is for that, right? It's the basic one, um, right? It but. helps. But yeah, you could do anything sort of manufacturing wise. I've had a bit of an idea where you're sort of in a mining asteroid where you've got you can do zone mortalis inside the asteroid and then the you know, normal missions or whatever on the surface, which is just sort of as you said, it's kind of Cthonia just blown it or shrunk down really. But uh yeah, possibilities are endless. I mean, I, I think oh, we, we spoke about dense jungle as well, didn't we? We did. It doesn't have to be, you know, like uh, industrial terrain of any kind. Even if you've got some trees or whatever, just pack them in and you can make corridors out of that. That's, you know, dense jungle that you're sort of trapped in. Yeah, I mean, it could be absolutely predator. Mm. You know, you can really get some assassins in there, get some, you yeah. know, or really create a oh, super... A bit of swamp as a dangerous terrain. A bit of swamp, exactly that. Um, Fail, you're sunk in the swamp. There's also, um, in some of the rules, include um, reducing, I can't remember what the rule is called, but um, the Remembrance is a treat, uh, we're going through it. And there's one which which um, minuses your ballistic skill by one because it's meant to be sort of steam or mist or something, you know, like. Oh, cool. So there's some cool areas you could designate as that, which would be cool. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's, there's a lot there to work on. And there are interesting rules in this book to help sort of add some flavour now. Um, I'm a big fan of the exploding barrels, the cave-in, or the uh, the sinkholes, and stuff like that. And you can even sort of modify those, and like you say about the mist, and, you know, swamp, it doesn't have to be no. as written. You can use that to have the same effect, but by a different name, if that's what the terrain you have allows for. Yeah, we've, we've uh, fought under, or under, over... Um, some tombs. Uh, yes, it could be you know a Necron tomb world that hasn't you know won't get awakened for another ten thousand years, but you know it's still there. Yep. Um, and uh, one that just came to my head as we we're going in here is you're inside the belly of a Xenos whale. Oh yes. So a big old space whale. Big old space whale. So you know if you've got some uh, Tyranid scenery or just some really hideous Geiger stuff, then sure, um, put it out there and. Uh, your your elite team is working their way through the insides of this hideous space whale. Yeah. On their way out. Gross. Disgusting. So yeah, it'll be it'll be good fun. Uh, and you know ZM as you say, it's small, it's tight, it's really really difficult uh, to to not have fun. I've I've we've yeah. always had some fun with it. Like Definitely. And where we're learning rules with smaller models, smaller squads, then we can escalate that and start adding more in getting to know the rules and not only are we just playing the same sort of games by adding more people more units we're then adding more flavor of rules and then the effects of who wins and who loses and maybe you can create some more asymmetrical games out of that yeah potentially and also just having narrative i mean just having more missions yeah yeah more missions is great but you know you can always kind of adapt missions that aren't necessarily for zm in that way but yeah, it's nice to have a bunch of missions for ZM. Yeah, uh, 
you know, I think overall it's head and shoulders above what we got in White Dwarf. Yeah, it's definitely like, okay, this existed, here's what we've done for it, for the new rules, but now they've really fleshed it out with this and it's really cool. Yeah, yeah, it's been it's been um, really good fun to see and really look forward to um, adding them all together. And mm. that's not even talking about the standard missions that are in here and the campaign effects for the non-ZM yes. areas that we'll be looking into. Yeah, like I've still got to scour the book for those and anything that's in there can easily, I think, be adapted for ZM as well, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which will be fun to do. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so give it a go. It's it's uh, really good fun. It's small, again, small kind of combat. We will probably at some point try the Curian in this as well um, and give that a go in the new ZM rules and see how that fares. We might go smaller. We often go to about 2 by 2 rather than 4 by 4 don't we, for a Decurion. Yeah. Like yeah, um, yes, I'd definitely like to try some ZM Zikiri missions. Yeah, definitely. I mean, one one uh, uh, thought you did have as well, which I think is really cool, is perhaps doing like a little uh, cell break. So, you know, prison break. Ah, oh, yes. Sort of situation, which, uh, which we thought you could do, especially if they're humans, you could use militia rules for these individuals. And just yeah. see. Pick them up. Pick them up. Try and escape, yeah. Try and escape. I mean, they're very flimsy mm. so you know if you got to yeah. protect them or see if there's a rule you can do that um you know yeah so that'd be a quite interesting one to, to take a part of yeah just experiment have fun yeah cool and let us know what you've done with it on our socials such as instagram twitter the other one facey b facey b yeah okay you're gonna run with that you, you stick with that facey b it is for today that's what kind of mood I'm in. So drop us a DM, um, uh, post, you know, post, comment. Yeah. Also, please, if you could give us a five star rating, we will read it out on the next podcast. Did we get one? Not that I've seen. Okay. I th- uh, I thought we would have been alerted by now. Um, let me just quickly double check. Uh, whilst uh, Chad sings, she's a sweet little lullaby. Um, Mechanica, we're Mechanica. No, we have not had one, so no, uh, no need to cringe, dear listeners, to us uh, retelling your great review. Um, yeah, so thanks so much for joining us. Please do a five-star review if you can. It really helps push us up um, so everyone else can listen. Uh, you've heard it all before, I'm sure. Yeah, so. like and subscribe. You know. Yeah, you know. you know the drill. So yeah, well, thank you, Chad. Thanks, mate. Um, we look forward to hearing back from you and I look forward to yeah like let us know how you get on with ZM and any experiences you have any rules you've tweaked and yeah pub is it amen